Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. We are in our third week um, of our series called The Secret Place, which kind of is a starting block uh, for our theme kind of throughout this entire church season or even beyond that throughout the entire year um, that we feel God has kind of downloaded to us, given to us, which is to develop a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. Um, and what, what we believe is that God is wanting people to um, evaluate, to kind of uh, stop for a moment, press pause on their life, to be able to take a look and, and look at, hey, am I re-engaging back into church? Am I re-engaging in my relationship with God? Because we've, we've kind of hit a pandemic. We've had all kinds of different things pop up over the course of several years. But we really feel like the Lord is like, you know what? We want, he wants us to have a, a house, I mean, a, a, a devotion to him and a devotion to the house. Like never before. Because as we know, things are kind of increasing in our world. That man, as a body of believers, we need Jesus more and more and more. It's, gone are the days where we can just casually walk our Christianity out. We, we have to be people who are engaged in relationship with him, who um, really kind of have developed a culture of hunger for him as we navigate these weird, slippery, slope things that the enemy is trying to bring about. Because we need Jesus. We need all that Jesus has for us. Not just, you know, a small portion of it. The kind where I'm, I'm just kind of getting by. No, he, he wants you to have the fullness of who Jesus is. He wants you to have everything so that when you step into the world, in your job, in whatever that is, you have his power, his presence going with you. And then not only that, a heart for the house also is about the fact that, you know what, are you engaging in the house that you're called to? Are you actually um, loving people, engaging with them, stirring each other towards you know, love and good works, like the Bible declares, in the house that, that you are called to? And, and we know in this house here that you know what? God is doing some mighty things. You know what? I, I can only kind of call it as he's got some little tremors that have shown up. But we're believing that God is going to shake even more, that his presence is going to be abound in this house. And so as a person who who says, yes, this is my campus, this is my home, then you know what? We want you to be engaged. God wants you to be engaged. He wants you to be involved, whatever that looks like. And maybe even there are some gifts in you that you could bring to the house that, man, we haven't even jumped into yet, right? That's how God works, where someone has something on their heart and says, man, I got a passion for this, Pastor Scott. Okay, well, let's unveil that. Let's kind of unwrap it. Let's see where we could go with it, right? Because isn't that what we should be doing? I, I think so. 
But I believe that God has, has a bigger shaking of his presence going on in this, this, this house. And then all of that, when we we've get our, our devotion to God and our devotion for the house, then what happens is when we, we've got this kind of in a proper alignment, then you know what? We have um, a devotion for the hands for the harvest, right? Uh, a devotion to reach those that are not yet part of God's family. Because, you know, God's heart is that everyone would be a part of his family. But see, each one of us then are supposed to be engaged in that mission. And if you look at it, really, those, those areas need to, to I, I believe, they stem from that time in the secret place. They, they stem from it. It grows. Your passion for people, I think, grows in the secret place. And it all kind of starts, too. We've talked about this. And you won't find this in the Bible. This is not, you know, oh, man, a brand new theology. It's not. But we're calling it a theology of place. Okay? Where, where the Bible really kind of strongly implies that there are three main places that we are to engage in ministry unto the Lord and to others. The first is the secret place that we're talking about right now. The second one is the gathering place, which is the church body. And the third one is the public place, out beyond the walls of this church. And so we've been, we, 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 we've been talking about the secret place, and we'll talk about the um, next two in, in the coming months. But understand that this secret place is the place where everything starts. It's the foundational place, a foundational piece for our relationship with God to grow in such a way that we then are moving into the gathering place in such a way that we are ministering to others and then we are having a heart for the harvest in the public place because we've developed our intimacy. We developed our relationship with Jesus in the secret place. And so we kind of shared about in the last couple weeks about the secret place being a place, right, that really can look different for everyone. There's no cookie-cutter thing here. But, but it's a place that looks different for everyone where you can go to meet with God daily and not just, hey, hey, God, I'm here, but deeply. See, God wants you to take you to an, another level every single time he meets with you. He's not sad. I, 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 I don't think he's satisfied with us just kind of giving our nod to him in, in certain moments of the day. I think God really truly wants to meet with each one of us, to meet with us deeply so that, you know what, we are growing. Because he wants, I mean, we, as Christians, we are supposed to be, be growing, right? It's a place, here's the other thing about it, it's a place that you create. It's not up to God to create the secret place. It's up to you, it's up to me to create my own secret place where I go to God and say, God, okay, when is a great time for me to develop this secret place? Because I think sometimes people just think, oh, you know what, God's going to smack me on the side of the head and say, it's secret place time. No, that's not how it works. God is very much into the fact of you being disciplined, you being the instigator of coming into his presence, of coming into his house. But see, all of that happens, right? And, and really, we, I've kind of talked about this. 
you get planted in the soil of intimacy with God. That should be our desire. That should be our want in life. Lord, I want to know you deeper. I want to know you more. Man, help me to get planted in this, right? But see, too, in that, in that process of, of this secret place, you know what? We, we, we need to find a place where we won't be distracted or we won't have interruptions. And I know sometimes things happen where, man, you might get sidetracked and kind of what Corey said a little bit, um, you know, like, oh, man, I've missed a beat. I've missed three days. I've missed this. Well, here's the great thing about God. God is interested in progress, not perfection. Okay? See, we, we think God's about perfection. And there's parts of him that are perfect. But see, he knows what he's dealing with. And he says, as long as I can see you, you know, progressing, that you have a hunger, that you have a desire, then man, he's happy. He, he, he wants you to keep progressing. But see, what happens is the enemy comes and says, no, see, you're not perfect. Oh, you messed it up. But see, I think that's where we got to talk to him sometimes and say, hey, be quiet. Shh, zip it. Right? And be able to say, no, I am in, 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 in motion. I'm, 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 I'm moving towards those things. And yeah, I messed up three days, but who cares? I'm going to get right back in there. And that's the whole thing about God, right? That's the thing about that's, that's awesome about a parent. Because when your kid messes up, you don't just sit there, hey, later, you're out of the house, see ya. Right? Dad, I'm only three. Right? No. We say, okay, let, let's talk a little bit. Let, let's kind of whatever, whatever that is, right? You navigate it with them. You don't kick them out. You love them. That's God. That's a picture of him. But see, we got to get over, over some of that stuff. And then as we're doing that, then you know what? The Holy Spirit's able to download some things into us. Holy Spirit's able to refresh us and refill us in that, that secret place. To get us to the point where, you know what? We, we are empowered, right? With, with, with his, his abilities, empowered with, with his love, empowered with his strength, empowered with his wisdom. And then the best thing too about it too is that you can bear your heart to him. Have you ever just been those times where you just bare your heart to the Lord? Where you just, Lord, man, this is where I'm at. I desperately need you. And the Lord's like, I know you do. Come here. And what does he want to do? He just wants to give you a big hug. He just wants to wrap his arms around you and say, okay, man, then let's do it together. Stop doing it on your own. See, I do that sometimes, Right? I mean, I, I, am, I, am I the only person? Right? God's like, dude, why do you do this on your own? I'm like, well, you know, but, but that's, that's just it. And so, and so we've talked about this kind of as an example, an analogy about, about being like trees, right? Or fruit trees. Because the more time we spend in the secret place, the, 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 the more our root system can grow. It can grow deeper and it can grow wider in the right soil. Right? Because think about this, the right soil. What's your, what, what are you planted in right now? Are you planted in the right soil or the wrong soil? And what I mean by the wrong soil is, man, are you just consumed with worldly thoughts? Are you consumed with what the world has to say? Or are you consumed in the right soil? That's all about God. That's all about his word. That's all about his spirit. That's all about what he's wanting to, and desiring to say to you. 
But see, you've got to be able to look at it and say, hmm, I'm in the wrong soil. I better get out of that soil. If, if you truly want and desire this opportunity to grow closer, right? Closer to God. But see, when the, when the root system goes out, then, you know, that root system becomes the foundation and the anchor for the tree, right? And they say this. They say the stronger the root system is, the harder it, it will be for the tree to uproot or move, right? And that is what the secret place discipline, discipline will do to you, right? You will grow deep. You will develop a stronger, deeper, wider root system, of who God is in you, right? A, a deeper, wider root system of trust and faith in Him, right? No matter what comes at you, you're unmovable. No matter what comes at you, you're still producing godly fruit because you've got this foundational piece in your life. Jeremiah chapter 17 says this, because, you know, what, when this happens, I, and I read it, and I thought, man, that, that, that sounds exactly what we're looking for. It says this. Now, this is in the amplified version, right? So it's loud. Get it? Bad joke. Anyways, okay. Blessed with spiritual security is the man who believes and trusts in and relies on the Lord. Okay, so that's happening when you're in your secret place. You're developing this. It says, and those hope and confident expectation is the Lord. Are you hoping and have confident expectation in him or are you doing it in you? Okay. Verse eight, for he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear the heat when it comes, but, it but its leaves will be green and moist and it will, not, uh, it will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought nor stop bearing fruit. That tree is planted in, 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 in soil that is bringing nutrients to it, that is causing that to grow. And that's what happens in the secret place. Your roots grow and spread in the soil of intimacy with God. Right? And so that we can be strengthened and we can be freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, and I love how that ends, so that your leaf won't wither. How many have ever felt, man, your leaf is withered? All right there, man, I'm raising my hand. I'm, I, man, my, man, God, my leaf is withering right now. And then he goes, well, how much are you spending time with me? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Let me get back in. And all of a sudden, man, all the nutrients start coming. So the idea then, too, is that God wants us to, be, to bear Bushels and bushels of fruit. Not just in our lives, but to, you know, in the assignments that we have. Right? It might be one assignment. God says, you, I want you to raise your kids. Boom, that's your assignment. But then he might say, hey, I want you to raise your kids. I also want you to be involved in this, and I want you to be involved in this. He'll give you everything you need. God is not a God of lack. So when he asks you to step out in faith for something, he'll supply whatever it is you need. But see, we just got to be obedient, right? 
And so I want to slightly just shift just a little bit of my gears here. And I, and I, I want to kind of just give this analogy of, of the secret place, um, at the secret place as a house. So we talked about a tree, but now let's talk about a house just, just a little bit. Um, because I hope it will kind of grasp this concept of, of these, um, these things in the secret place that, we, that we've been talking about. Because last week we talked about God's word being in, in, in an essential, right, in the secret place. And, and this year, we, we got a kind of another idea because I look at it from a home perspective because, you know, I think all of us, hopefully, in, in some way, uh, shape, or form, right, we think of home and we think of it as a shelter and safety, a place to rest and recharge, a place to, for solitude and, and refuge, right, to get away from all of this craziness in the world. I think we think sometimes of home as companionship. It's, it's just that place we find identity. Um, and really all of that is, it, to me, is the same as you getting into your secret place. You'll find your identity in the secret place. If you're struggling with your identity with God, you'll find it in the secret place. Right? You'll find rest in the secret place. You'll, you'll get rest and recharge in the secret place. And, and I think... What, what I, what I, the concept I got, too, was the fact that, you know what? You know how, like, you've been away? Like, you go on a trip, and, like, you're on your way. I can't wait to get home. Man, I can't wait to be in my bed. I can't wait to get home because there's something about home. Well, God wants us to begin to think about the secret place that way. You know what? I've got to go out into the world and do my job. I've got to do the things I'm doing or whatever. But you know what? I can't wait get back into my secret place. I can't wait to go rest in the arms of my daddy. I can't wait to spend time with him. And, and in, in that concept, you know, I, I was thinking about just the fact that, you know, all homes, no matter how big they are, small they are, whatever, they have essentials, right? You have gas, you have water and electricity. And all of those things function. You need to function in your house, right? I, I, so I'm the overseer of our benevolence fund. And I, I would say a majority of our calls are about gas, electricity, and water. We need help. Because everyone knows your house doesn't function very well. Mama ain't happy if those bills aren't paid, right? Can I get an amen? At least from the moms, Right? And, and, and it's recognizing that, you know what, these are essentials, and so are the things that we are bringing to you. God's word is an essential to the secret place. And today, our title is The Value of Praise and Prayer in the Secret Place. So we've got God's word, that's an essential. Now we've got praise and prayer being a, a, an essential to the secret place. So I want to pray real quick, really quick, and then we'll jump into Psalms 100. Holy Spirit, help us to understand the value of praise and prayer in our secret place. Amen. Psalms 100, verses 1 through 5 says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Okay, in the message part, I love this. It says, sing your way into his presence with joy. Okay? Do you have joy when you worship God? Or is it sometimes just kind of like, uh, you know what I mean? 
We've got, we got to have some joy. It says, come before his presence was singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I think about that as being the password into his presence. Right? If I gave you the password to, to, to my, well, maybe this ain't great, but to my bank account that you could draw money out of, you might be like, yeah, give it to me. Right? But, but he, he right here, he kind of says, hey, man, this is it. And enter into his courts with praise. That's the password. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. The mer- his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures all generations. So praise is your way into God's presence in the secret place. It is essential to your time with him to cultivate intimacy with him, right? And to experience his power. Right? I mean, we've got to understand that praise is a part of us. Say it with me. Praise is a part of us. Okay, no matter where you land on the map, right? Because some people just say, I ain't doing that. But no matter where you land on the map, praise is a part of you. Okay? Because when you say we find it easy to be a part of the roar of the crowd, Right? When something good happens for our team, when they score a touchdown, whatever it is, man, we, we, we just find it so easy to shout, to cheer, right? We find it easy to praise our kids or others when they do something of value, don't we? Very easy. We find it easy to applaud when somebody's music kind of moves us. Praise is something we are born with. It's deep within our spirit, man. And it's an essential part of our life. See, we praise what we value. We praise what we support. We praise what we love. It's in our DNA. But then why is it so difficult for so many of us who love God to praise Him? Right? To praise God publicly and privately. Why? Why is that so difficult? Well, this is not, you, I, 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 this is just a thought coming from me. <laughs> but I think sometimes we get into this idea that praise comes based on the outcome of a desired circumstance. Right? So we cheer when our team scores a touchdown, when they get the win, which is a desired preference. Right? I mean, if you're a fan, you want your team to win. You want your team to score a touchdown. You want them to score a basket. You want them to do whatever. So that praise, oh, yeah. Okay? Going to be honest, I'm a Notre Dame fan. You know, pray for me, right? But when they played South Carolina in, the, in, the, in that bowl game, I, I got a chance to go. I was, yeah, because there was a desired outcome. And for some, I think we get locked into that. And for some of us, I think because we haven't seen God move yet. We haven't seen God answer the prayer that we've been praying and asking for. We think, well, man, I'm going to hold back my praise. 
I'm going to hold it back. I'm going to wait. But see, here's the thing. God is deserving of your praise all the time. All the time. I mean, look what he's done for our life. If you are a believer, you got something to praise him about. Right? And so here, he, here we have to understand that, you know what? We got to praise God no matter how good it is for me at the moment or how bad it is for me at the moment. God is always worthy of our praise. And if he doesn't do anything else in my life, he's still going to get my praise. If he doesn't do anything else in your life, he's still going to get your praise. I think David was a great example of that. Right? Many of his songs of praise were in the wilderness, in not so great of circumstances, situations. Right? He had Saul chasing after him. He had his son Absalom chasing after him. Right? He was trying to take over his dad's kingdom. Yet, in the wilderness, David created these secret places. And you can see in Psalms where he praised God for his goodness. Even though at the moment, you could say, why are you doing that? Right? Man, that's unfair. Come on, bro. That's unfair. You should be angry at God. But David kept saying, no, I'm going to be angry. I'm going to praise him. 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 Because he is good all the time. In the book, Let Us Praise, this is what the writer states. I wonder if we'd ever get so excited over Jesus and what he has done for us that we'd have to release the pressure of excitement in shouts of praise. Think about that. Man, we'd get so excited. Man, there would be a pressure that builds up inside of us and we just got to let it out. I think in some ways, man, that, that describes David's life. He knew this, this goodness and man... Something to aspire to, wouldn't you say? And then the other essential is prayer, right? Matthew 6, 6 says this, but when you pray, I love that because he's, he's not assuming if you pray, he's saying when you pray, right? He says, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to the father who is in the secret place and your father who is seasoned secret will reward you openly. So Jesus is saying, telling us, as Christians, we should pray. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? I mean, you know, that's like, you know, getting a can of pepper spray and it's saying, hey, may irritate eyes. Uh, Duh, right? And so as Christians, we need to pray. We need to pray more than just the the, the 30 seconds at, at meal time. We need to pray more than, you know, maybe a minute. But even though that seems obvious, the reality is that really um, people don't honestly pray much. And the number one reason people say is because they don't have enough time. I don't have enough time to pray. I'm too busy to pray. But you know what? Unfortunately, that's not a good reason. It really isn't. I mean, think about Jesus. 
okay? We don't, maybe we never thought of it this way, but think about Jesus. He had hectic, busy days just like you and I. If you're reading the New Testament, you start reading it, and you look, that dude, man, he was the poster boy for busy. I mean, he had all kinds of stuff going on because he had multitudes of people. In Mark 3, he had multitudes of people coming to him. And he even says, you know what? They didn't even eat because there was so much to do. That's busy. Us, we're like, hey, whoa, 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 wait, 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 right? That's busy. In Luke 8, right, he falls asleep in a boat because he had been ministering for a long time in the midst of a storm, and then in Mark 1, I, I, I want to just kind of go there for a second. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. But in Mark 1, we, it kind of records the day in the life of Jesus. And I just want to show you kind of real quick how busy he was. So it starts off by him sharing. He, he was in the synagogue, teaching in the synagogue. Now, I don't know if you've ever taught or whatever, but man, that takes a lot out of you. But, but he, he, he teaches in the synagogue. Then from there, he casts out unclean spirits of a man in the synagogue. Then after that, he went to Peter and Andrew's house and healed Peter's mother-in-law. She was sick. Right? And you think, wow, man, that's a busy day. But then it says, at sunset, people came to him, bringing him all who were sick and possessed, and he healed the sick and cast out many demons. Right? That's all in one day. He was busy. And then it says in Mark 1.35, this is what Jesus does next. He goes to bed, right? Amen to that. I, go, I like a good night's sleep. Probably too much. But Mark 1.35 says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. I'm just going to say his secret place. That's me adding it on. And there he prayed. So despite that Jesus had an overwhelming schedule, he intentionally created time to pray in the secret place with his Father. Right? Now, we don't know what he prayed about. I mean, he could have prayed about, you know, he could have just been there giving thanks and giving praise to God. He could have been praying for himself or he could have been praying for others. We don't really know. But what we know is that Jesus made the secret place a priority in his life to talk to the Father, and for the Father to talk to Him. He just knew it had to be a priority, which brings us to our first truth. And I'm going to try to get through these quickly, but who knows? Have grace on me today. The first one is fill the secret place with praise and prayer. Fill the secret place with praise and prayer. Now, I know I walked you through a little bit in that front part right there, and I hope you can see how important it is, right? Because Jesus practiced it, David practiced it, right? How essential that prayer, praise and prayer is in the secret place. And, and I know that, um, you know, the secret place is a private, a quiet place. You know, we call it quiet time with the Lord, okay? Or a place of reflection, a place of reading and writing, but it also should be a place of expressive and vocal praise and prayer in our secret place, right? Because we call it quiet time. That, that's our thought, quiet time. It's going to be quiet before the Lord. 
I don't think David was ever really quiet before the Lord. Right? Because, you know, it says that David knew how to play an instrument. I bet you, man, he broke that instrument out in the wilderness. And he praised the Lord. It wasn't just... You know, he, he prayed, I mean, he, he, he allowed it to come shooting out. Because remember, this is what he wrote in Psalms 100, right? It says we are to make a joyful noise, right? Even if you are tone deaf and you are flat, pitchy, according to American Idol, right? Even if you're pitchy, right? God doesn't care. He's all, just bring it. Just bring it to me, right? So it says make a joyful noise. See, my wife's the one that sings. I can't sing, but I'm joyful when I make a noise. It says we are to come to God with a singing. What? I mean, we're, we're, we're really good. You know, I, and I have a past life. But we're really good at, at, at those songs, country songs, rock and roll, whatever it is. We're really good and go, man, I haven't heard that song in a long time. And yeah, 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 right? We just kind of rock out in our car or whatever. But sometimes when we get around church music, oh, I don't know that one. Right? And there's lyrics right up on the thing. Right? I mean, you can call it Christian karaoke if you want, but I don't care. Right? Praise Him. Right? Praise Him. And then it says we are to enter His presence with thanksgiving. Do you have anything to be thankful for? I think you do. With praise, and we are to bless his name. So right there, man, Davis gives us five things. Five things in our tool belt, right? That we are to come as, and be expressive in our vocal ability to God in the secret place. It's just not all like, oh. no. Get something, man. Man, get a worship song, right? Because maybe you're not gifted to sing, you know, acapella by yourself. But get a worship song that you can just follow along in your secret place. Turn it up, crank it up, right? And go for it. But see, we have to understand that, man, it's got to be filled. The secret plate has to be filled, right? Has to be filled with God's word. It has to be filled with praise and prayer. It's essential, okay? Second one is start the secret place with praise and prayer, okay? So we had fill it. Just want to get the idea to you. Hey, it's got to be important to you. It's got to be part of it. And then I'm going to say, hey, start the secret place with praise and prayer. And if you want to know how to do that, you just start it, right? Again, Psalms 100 says, in verse 2, come before his presence with singing. And in verse 4, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now remember, man, that, that was written in Old Testament times, right? When the, only the high priest was the one who could enter through the gate to approach God in the Holy of Holies, right? It wasn't accessible to everyone, but praise God, right? Our great high priest, Jesus, Ripped the veil. Rip, rip, ripped it, the, the, the shreds when he died. And now allows us to come into the Holy of Holies anytime we want. Right? 
we, what allows us this unlimited access to God to enter his gates and to come before him with thanksgiving at any time. Hebrews 11, I mean, sorry, Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne room of grace. Okay, come boldly. I don't picture boldly being quiet. I picture like, hey, dad, I'm here, right? I'm here. Like, you know, when you have little kids, I mean, sometimes they're very expressive, right? They don't hold anything back. They're very vocal, very loud, and you're like, okay, I get it, you're here. But they'll walk, hey, dad, I'm here, or whatever. Same principle. We need to come boldly into his throne room, right? And, and really, that, that word boldly coming in means that without reservation, with honesty, and full and open speech. Not, not, you know, just kind of sliding up. No, God wants you to, hey, hey Dad, I'm here. Man, hey, hey I, I just want to praise you. I just want to give you all the glory. Not, I, you know, I, I'm here, and I just want to pour my heart out to you, and I thank you, thankful that you are the one who hears me. But see, we have this full access that we have to understand, man, it's available to us at all times. Right? And so not only that, when we come in and, and start with praise, I love this scripture, right? It invites God to feel the atmosphere with his presence. Psalms 22.3 says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Or some, uh, the King James says, inhabitist. Right? So that means he just comes, right? But the word enthroned means to sit, remain sitting, to inhabit, to dwell, implying ownership and control. So the moment we start praising God in the secret place, in the gathering place, in the public place, wherever it is, we are giving God opportunity. We are inviting him to come and sit in our lives in any situation that we've got going on. Anything. But see, we've got to understand that's the importance of praise. Right? It says that he, the, the verb tense indicates that when, wherever God's people exalt and praise his name, he is ready to manifest his kingdom power. And his rule is invited to invade our settings and situation. Now, that's why I look forward to Sundays. That's why I look forward to coming and, and worshiping with you because not only is he coming and invading my space, but he's coming to invade your space. That's, those are shouting words right there. Right? It's like those Peter say, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. But those are, those, those, that's so important. Man, when I gather together in a body of believers who are praising God, man, God shows up. Don't we want God to show up in the house? Right? He shows up where he's wanted. So let's be a people who want him. What's wrong with that? I just want you to be here, God. Okay, you want me here? I'll be here. Every, not just on Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Just everything, wherever you go. In your house, in your secret place. Where, at your job, wherever it is. Man, let praise come from your lips from your mouth, and let him come and invade your situations and your settings. 
Oh, man, it, man oof, it's, it's so good. And we'll get to, get to another point just re- here real quick. But man, when we praise and we, we, it just invites God into the situation. And then along with that too, it also, you know, it, it postures our heart. It just postures our heart correctly, right? And better positions us to receive from God when we praise Him and when we pray to Him, right? There's something about it. It just kind of, redirects our heart. When, when your mind starts to go cray-cray, right? And the enemy starts talking, whip out that song of praise. Right? Whip it out, man. Just, oh, hey, I got one for you, Satan, right? Or enemy or whatever. I got one for you. And then you start ripping off and you start singing, even if it's flat and pitchy and not doesn't stop. Man, God enters the atmosphere breaks that off of you. Man, it's just, 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 just so important for us to understand that. So we've got, we got to understand this, this is just an important key. And then you've got you know, just this aspect of prayer, right? This aspect of prayer. Think, think about the Lord's Prayer for a moment. Jesus taught his disciples when they asked about prayer, right? And here Jesus in Matthew 6, 9 says, In this manner, therefore pray, okay? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay, in the Passion Translation, it says it this way. Pray like this. Sorry, they were asking Jesus. He says, pray like this. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center of which our lives turn. Sorry, I forgot. Right? Be, may, 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 may our lives be the center. I mean, may you be the center of our lives as they turn and then everything that happens in our life. So, so we're supposed to look at it. I mean, you know, even David, when he wrote in the Psalms, you can really see that, you know what, not only are they a song, right, but they're also a prayer. He intertwines them. So there's times when he's like, man, I will sing praises unto the Lord. And then he's saying, man, Lord, thank you that you are delivering from my enemy. There's, there's this, this, this thing where it just shows that they're intertwined. And so if we start in our secret place with praise and prayer, intertwining them, however that works, however the, the Holy Spirit leads you to, do it. You know, you might start off and all of a sudden, man, you start praying over something. Because you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you right now at that moment to pray for it. And then jump right back into your praise. The last one. Fight for prayer and praise in the secret place. Fight for prayer and praise in the secret place. What that means is don't skip these essential necessities. Um, you can't skip you can't skip them. They have to be essential in your um, uh, time in the secret place. You can't, like, you know, um, brush through them or rush through them, right? Because I'm busy. Okay, well, get up earlier in the morning. That's what Jesus did, right? As soon as Jesus got done in Mark 135, what happens? The disciples finally find him 
and say, hey, there's so many people here, they want to be touched. And he knew, no, I got to go to another city because that's my assignment for the day. But see, we can't rush through it. Because in a nutshell, the, that, you know, the devil does not want you to enter the secret place with praise and prayer. He doesn't want you to enter the secret place at all. But especially not praise and prayer. Why? Because praise ushers in God's presence and prayer invites God's power into the situation. He don't want that. So he'll, he'll make you extra tired. Right? Oh my gosh. He'll, he'll, he'll make get your mind whirling. Like, okay, I'm going in the secret place. You can start in and all of a sudden you're thinking about grocery list. You're thinking about this. You're thinking about that. You're thinking about, okay. man, he just wants your mind to go crazy so that you keep your focus off. But see, we got to understand that praise brings God's presence into the situation and then prayer invites his power. Look at Paul and Silas. Okay, I, I really believe Paul and Silas revealed this truth to us. Okay, and remember, we're supposed to be disciples and sometimes we need to lean on the experience of those in the Bible, right? Let them teach us. So Paul and Silas revealed this truth. Acts chapter 16. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Think about that. They weren't whining. They weren't complaining. They're in prison. What are they doing? It says right here, they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to him. And then verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Who caused the earthquake? God. Right? It wasn't just like, oh my gosh, crazy. The fault line just shifted. No, it was God. Right? Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons, prison were shaken. And immediately all of the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosened. So, I mean, clearly that shows God shows up and releases his power through praise and prayer. Right? Remember, we're supposed to learn from these guys. Man, when I need God to show up and I need, you know, those chains to be loosened, whatever my situation is, man, let's attack it with praise and prayer. Let's attack it in, in the secret place time. Right? And not only that, man, those are weapons to use against the enemy. Right? Praise and prayer are, are weapons. Right? And, and they are weapons to be used not only in your secret place, but they are weapons to be used in the gathering place. That's you and I coming together. Right? And they are weapons for the public place as well. Right? And, and we need to start first in the public place, right? Because if we can do it in the secret place, I'm sorry, we need to start in the, in the secret place. Because if we can do it in the secret place, then we can do it in the gathering place and the public place. Right? Because understand, the secret place stuff is a spiritual thing. It really is. Because the enemy will fight you hard. And he'll come up with every excuse, every lie, everything he can do to discourage you from being in the secret place. But see, we, we've, we've got to understand, you know, 
that it's a weapon because first, I will say praise confuses the enemy. I mean, just look at Jeho- Jehoshaphat's story. I'm not going to go into it. But if you want to, it's in Second Chronicles. Right? But what did God say? Hey, just praise. Just praise me. And you watch what happens. What happened? The enemy got all confused and turned on each other. Man, they didn't have to lift a finger. That's my kind of God. That's my kind of situation. I mean, it's not like I'm rocking cannons here, right? Or whatever you want to call it. But if God can go before me and do it, man, why wouldn't I just put that into practice? Are you, are you hearing me? Right? And prayer is a weapon when we use it verbally, right? Because our words are powerful. They hold potential of life and, or death, creation or chaos, victory or defeat, right? That's why Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So essential that we pray, right? And I know that there are times when, you know, God can still hear us if we pray, you know, in our head. He can hear that. But see, he gave you a mouth for a reason. And sometimes that mouth is to declare God's word over a situation because he said he would put his word above his name. And so sometimes we just got to speak to the mountain and say, mountain, this is what God says. Right? And whether that mountain just slides off or you got to keep climbing it, it don't matter. He's right there the whole time. I got you. I got you back. I'm carrying you. I'm doing, you know. But see, we've got to be able to vocally use God's word as a weapon because it says that his word is living and, and powerful or sharper than any two-edged sword, right? But man, we got, we got to use the word of God to jab the enemy sometimes. So kind of in, in a sense of, of, of you just got to fight your flesh, right? Because your flesh will say, eh, right? Or you got to fight your schedule, Create something different. Do whatever it takes to, to, to get into this secret place with praise and prayer, with God's word. And there's, there's, there's more to this thing. But when you start getting into it, man, that's where your victories start to come. If there's an area of your life that you're looking for victory, I'm just going to say, you know what? It starts in the secret place. It starts with you putting aside time and saying, okay, God, just me and you, man. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to pray to you. I'm going to read your word. I'm going to invest this time. That's just secret. And then you know what? You watch. Him all of a sudden start dropping things off of your life that you've been praying for for a while, that you've been needing for a while. So I'm landing the plane. Remember, fill your secret place with praise and prayer. Start your secret place with praise and prayer. And then fight for praise and prayer in your secret place. And like I said, God is all about progress, not perfection. And so if you say, man, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. But man, you miss a day, three days, a week, whatever that is. Get back on the bus or whatever, the horse, whatever, get back on because God's more interested in progress in your life than perfection in your life. He knows we're not perfect. Only Jesus was perfect, right? But he's like, man, just keep progressing. I'm thankful for that. 
Because in no way am I perfect. I try to convince my wife that I'm perfect, and it don't work. Right? But, but, but see, God, God looks at me and goes, God, I know you're not perfect, but you know what? I see you progressing every single day. And I'm so happy. I'm so joyful over that. And that's how, how man, my, my relationship with the Father is. And so bow your heads for me, and I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray a real quick prayer, and then I'm going to have Corey come up and kind of just finish this out. But I just, Lord, we, we, we are so grateful for the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit dwells in those who are believers. And the Holy Spirit speaks to those who are believers in such a way that we get it, we understand it. And I pray, Lord, that you would ignite inside of each one of us, one, a desire for the secret place, a desire to grow, a desire to praise you beyond what we're comfortable with. (laughs) Beyond what we're comfortable with. Lord, give us a desire to praise you beyond that. Stretch our tent stakes out when it comes to that. And what I love when, when, when we do stuff like that, you know, you, you come back and you say, man, don't worry, you won't be ashamed. So whether you, you sing great or you don't sing great, don't matter. But stretch us in that. And then, Lord, stretch us in our prayer life as well. Let us, let us grow in our prayer life. Let us grow in, in verbalizing our prayer life. Because that, that's just part of the process of what you want to do in our lives. And I pray that each one of us here in, in, you know, in this room right now, Lord, we would just surrender it all to you. Whatever our thoughts, our feelings are, or whatever, maybe even uncomfortableness, I, I pray right now that we would just surrender it all to you and that we would get a deep, deep sense of how you want to work through us to, to see those things happen. Because, Lord, you're not about perfection. You're about progress. Thank you for that grace. Grace, grace, grace over every single one of us here today. Because you are so good and so faithful. And we thank you for doing that work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.